Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Welcome, and as the introduction says, this is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey welcoming you to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. And today we're talking about a really cool topic, and that's using the power of improvisation in your leadership role. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to go to my website during the commercial breaks. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And if you wish to contact me, you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also go to this platform, that's voiceamerica.com, under the Empowerment Channel, And I'm also on social media. That's LinkedIn and Facebook. And a reminder to all of you listening right now, this is a live show. If you have a comment or a question, feel free to dial in and engage in the conversation. Now, today's show is called Transformational Energy Leadership with an Improv Twist. And joining me today is Karen Huff. She is the founder and CEO of Improv Edge. Let me give you a little bit about her background. She is a number one Amazon bestselling author. Her books include Be the Best Bad Presenter Ever. And her latest book is called Go With It. Embrace the Unexpected to Drive Change, and that book focuses on using improvisation in change management and innovation. Karen is a graduate of Yale University, and Karen's first life was a professional improviser and actor. She trained with Chicago's Second City. She did well over 100 theatrical productions and was featured in radio, TV, and film. Improv Edge, and this is a unique thing about it, is a government-certified women's business enterprise which helps companies transform behavior through interactive training. So if that's not enough to whet your appetite, let's talk some more. So without further ado, Karen Huff, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Wellesley. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here today. I'm so glad to have you as well. You know, you are doing some really cutting edge and interesting work using improv. And in fact, I'm working with various clients and improv is becoming more and more a way of, of not training, but so much more facilitating dialogue and engagement with people in an organization across all levels. And my question for you is, I know your background is in this. How did you turn your desire and your passion and your love for theater, acting, and all the work that you did in that medium into a thriving leadership consulting business? Uh, Well, it was a twisting and turning path. I will tell you that much. Um, You know, like any good improviser, I just said yes to the next best thing. It's interesting, uh, Dr. Wolsey, it is such a good story now. And I think back, you know, when you're in the midst of it, you don't realize sometimes where you're going. You know, you just, mm-hmm. like an improviser, say yes to opportunity. Um, but, but basically, you know, I began performing at a very young age, but I didn't learn about improv until I was an undergrad at Yale. And that learning completely changed the way that I thought about performance. It changed the way that I thought about life. I mean, my relationships, everything. It's all about basically making something out of nothing, being incredibly proactive and positive, building on other people's contributions. It's just such an incredibly engaging and amazing and even scary sometimes, right? It it challenges you to continue to push yourself and try harder. And so as soon as I graduated, I went straight to Chicago. I was so 
lucky that I got to train and perform with the Second City, but I also had a really great career. I, I had a good agent. I got to do TV and radio and film and Shakespeare and black box and lots and lots of improv with tons of groups. So it, it was amazing. And, you know, quite a number of years later, I was in New York. I was still, again, so lucky doing incredibly well in acting. And I had this crazy opportunity to go into a network engineering startup. Okay. So okay. <laughs> think about that for a minute, right? So I had a humanities yes. degree. I was a professional actor. And I remember my husband looking at me and saying, you know, why not? He said, you're, you're very courageous. I know that you don't know anything about network engineering, but this is a technology startup. You should try it. And so they, they, they understood where I was coming from, too, but really felt like I had something to provide. So I jumped in. I certainly crammed and took classes every night, but I was improvising during the day. And uh, some of my best friends were doing the same. They had also come up in improv. One of them, Francis, was working in a bank. Another one was being an administrator of a not-for-profit. Another was trying to get into academia. And we found that in these professional settings, our ability to be improvisers were making us so successful, like sometimes beyond belief. I was getting promoted before other people, even with more experience than I had. And I was able to manage clients, create relationships, do lots of kind of amazing things because I was acting like an improviser in my business life. And so we all got together and said, you know, there's something to this. We need to look into it. And the Wharton Business School allowed us to work with their MBA students on kind of a little um, side project research project. And so over the next few years, we started doing workshops with corporate companies and with the MBA students in a number of different programs to look at you know, how do we isolate the behaviors from improv that can make a person in a corporate setting more successful? And then we would run away and we'd talk to, um, you know, professors in the School of Organizational Dynamics. We'd speak to psychologists and neuroscience researchers to really prove what we were doing was real. So for me, I I never wanted to make people just play an improv game because I thought it'd be a cool team building. I wanted to know if there was something really deeper here. And What is incredible is that we found amazing connections, especially to neuroscience and psychology and situational leadership. And, um, you know, it it was an amazing research project for a while. I continued to work in technology. And then there was this moment. um, We had moved to Ohio, and we had a family. And I suddenly realized that I was really serious about this. And I bought out my partners. I incorporated. I got a phone line in my basement. And today we are in the top 1% of women-owned businesses in the United States. So that's, there you go. Congratulations on all of that. There was so much in there. (laughs) One of the messages I got from you is risk is a good thing. It can be scary. And not knowing where you're going, but somehow when you're following your passion, this drive, this energy, and certainly I'm picking that up from you here is this passion, this deep energy that you've got within you. And there was a phrase that you said in there, and I want to take this further, and that was say yes. And knowing a little bit about improv is say yes is such a powerful dynamic, a tool to use. And in your most recent book, Go With and Embrace the Unexpected to Drive Change, you look at you examine how an executive or a team leader can use the power of yes and and practice it to promote innovation. So, you know, for you, how might an improvisational mindset translate to building an atmosphere of trust and collaboration within a team or an organization? Oh, it is so incredibly important. You know, it's such a simple concept, Dr. Wolsey. Think about it. In improv, if we walk on stage and somebody, you know, suppose you're my, you're my partner, right? 
and you look at me and you say, I'm an astronaut. If I say, no, you're not, you're a farmer, mm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. basically confuses the audience. It kills your idea. It's not funny. Nothing happens on stage. And now they don't know if you're looking at an astronaut or a farmer. They don't know if we're going to work together or if anything's going to happen. When I say, yes, you're an astronaut, suddenly we have something to work with. I've heard mm-hmm. you. And here's the thing. Maybe I had a great idea about a farm scene. It's my job as your partner in that moment to let that go and say, you know what? I've got to let my idea for the moment go to the side because I'm going to get on board with my partner here and we're going to be in space or wherever we are. Maybe we're at NASA. And then the next point about yes is not just yes, it's yes and. You have mm-hmm. to build on that. Because if, I, if, if you said, you're, I'm an astronaut, and I said, yeah, and then you said, and we're floating around in space, and I go, you betcha. You know, you're, you're doing all the work. <laughs> right. I, I right. have you to just... jump in, right? I, I have to say, yes, we're both astronauts, and look, there's an alien, and, you know, whatever we wanted to do, we, we build on this. And I think that in business, often, because we are, you know, statistically wired, to be very careful and defensive, we, we try to take care of ourselves, we sometimes respond negatively to new ideas. And what that does is it shuts down contribution. People don't contribute again. But the very simple act, I've had so many leaders say it was somewhat revolutionary for them to learn, but if they just say, yes, I hear you. Now, it may not be the idea that you go with. You don't have to you know, be Pollyanna and say, yes, we'll do whatever you say. But if you say, yeah, I, I hear you, and I want to know more about your idea, if you let people have that moment, if you hear them out, you may find out something amazing, some great idea you never thought of. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least they know that their contribution is valued. So I feel like that's so important. And I know that you've talked about that on your show as well. It's very, very important. I think one of the most dangerous or even dreaded or worst words that we have when we're working with others is to say, but. And what you just said, yes, and completely changes the dynamic between the two or or the team. You know, um, in my first book, The Improvisation Edge, I have a whole section because I call yes, but the evil, ugly cousin of yes, and. Because right, I agree. <laughs> people think, right, yeah, exactly. It's really a version of no, only it's even worse. Because when you say yes, people think, oh, they, they like my idea or they're on board. And the moment you say but, you not only negate it, but you make them feel patronized. Right. It, it completely shifts the, it, the, so there's some semantics and language here involved, but then there's also the emotional side, whether or not we like to admit it, when someone says yes, but, or, or what you said, no, but, it, it just makes you not feel like you're, you're appreciated. What I'm hearing you say is yes, and it really allows for the mind to be open to new ideas and also serves a link to that empathy and engagement. So you're really pulling others in. And from what you're saying, the whole brain then is working. And it's not just the logic, but there's, you know, where the whole self is involved in tackling new challenges. And so I'm guessing that peer curiosity and active listening are really essential when you're doing this type of work. Oh, oh, agreed. Agreed. We, we talk a lot about, right now especially, I'm sure that you've, you've been talking about this as being here now and being present, that, yes. you know, on the improv stage, if you're not present, because here's the thing, we're making it up every night, we never have a script. So if I'm not completely present and listening, I could miss something. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, when someone stops paying attention or maybe starts thinking ahead like they want to control a scene, 
everybody knows. The audience knows, your team members know, because something happens and you're, you're not on the same page. And it looks really stupid on stage. So th- that's hard for us as adults because we're often thinking about what came before or where we hope what will happen in the future or breakfast or, or whatever. <laughs> and the act of being here and listening and not thinking about what you're going to say next is, is something that I think all of us need to work on every single day of our lives. Absolutely. We've got a minute to break. And so I want to ask you this one question. If we don't get through all of it, we'll just circle back and, and continue on after the break. So all this improv and the dynamics of we see it on stage with actors, actresses, and so forth. How do we relate and bring this back to a team environment in the workplace? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think a lot of it does start with yes and. And being okay. a model of that positivity and being willing to spend the time to listen and draw on your team members. And then I have about a million other ideas. So I think we should start with yes and. Yes and. A more a most powerful tool. So here, I'm going to close this segment. We'll come back with more of that. But what, I'm really, what I really appreciate about all the work that you're doing and what you're talking about is this feeds into the theater, theoretical leadership underpinnings as well called collaborative, collective, and shared leadership. And when you step back and look at the literature, you know, you've got this research that shows, oh, you know, when everyone's engaged, you get the best. What you're saying is everyone's engaged and there are methods and ways of doing that. Yes and is simply one tool and there are others. And so I can't wait to continue this conversation after break. And so for everyone listening out there, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com and we will come back and continue this conversation with Karen Huff. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single, Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website during the commercial break. Now, today I'm with Karen Huff. She's a founder and CEO of ImprovEdge. And today's topic is about the power of improvisation and the impact it can have on team collaboration, engagement, and so much more. Karen, before the break, we were talking about the specific tool of using yes and as a way to foster collaboration and and really the power of creativity and the imagination and innovation. What else, what are some other ways that you can take improvisation and and unleash and untap all those things that are hidden within us? Yes. Well, there's another concept called team equity. Um, we trademark that through our work. And it's really amazing because, so think about this. You have an improv show and you have, say, five actors on stage. And all of them maybe were raised in the same neighborhood, they like the same kind of clothes, they have the same kind of sense of humor, and they're all up on stage trying to do a show. Let me ask you, how long is that funny for you as an audience member? Not maybe the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> and let me tell you, for their friends from the neighborhood, it's hysterical all night long, right? But, but right, for yep. us, we need, we need diversity. And team equity is basically the idea that we all have ownership. That's that equity piece. But equity also means not equal because we all bring different things to the table. So for me, I knew when I was putting on a show, um, you know, I can sing and dance, which is great, but I needed somebody who was great with one-liners, which I'm not. I needed somebody who really knew current events incredibly well because you know the audience is going to shout out some suggestion of something that happened in the news 10 minutes ago. Uh, and, and then you also needed a piano player. You needed all these different kinds of talents to make a funny, engaging, interesting show. You needed people with very different strengths than you, um, different types of people so you could play all different t- kinds of characters. That was really important as well, maybe somebody who was great with accents and characters. So when we take that into the workplace, and, and again, this is such a big topic right now, but it's understanding the unbelievable importance of diversity and, and difference and also understanding the strengths of your colleagues. Because I think often, you know, we go to work, um, we sort of see someone in the job that they're doing and we think, oh, well, they're either good at it or they're okay at it or whatever. But we forget to find out how much more there is to that person. Their strengths may go far beyond what their job allows them to do. And when you really understand the strengths and abilities of the people around you, you can start to leverage them in such creative ways. I remember because I spent lots of time with the troops that I worked with, you learn all these amazing things about their people's history, their family, their abilities. And, you know, I would be someplace completely unrelated, maybe even years later. And I think, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing time for me to leverage that strength that I knew in my colleague, and I'll call them and say, hey, I've got this great opportunity for us to work together. And, and then they can really bring their best to the table. So, you know, MIT did a wonderful study about how important it is to connect with people one-on-one, even in simple chatting situations. I think, I don't know how you feel, Dr. Woolsey, but sometimes people try to give a bad rap to what they call water cooler chat, you know, how you just sort of mm-hmm. get to know people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever... 
run into that. Yes. And they're finding more and more that that, actually those simple interactions, are some of the most powerful ways that teams have incredible outcomes. They're, they're even tracing it to sales outcomes. Right, so yes. the ability to really know the people around you and then to be willing to say, you know, hey, your strength is the one that's important. Because here's the other thing. You know, I, I'm sure that I, <laughs> I love to be able to be out in front. You know, I'm one of those maybe one half of 1% of people that loves being on stage. I love being the one in the spotlight. Uh-huh. But there were, you know, I remember one show where I was a table and a silent waiter. And that's it for the night because, you know what, that show needed my other team members, right? It was my turn to step back and let them shine and make a great show that way. I really, I appreciate what you're saying because in this time of political correctness, if you will, there's this perhaps a hesitancy to point out difference. And what you're saying is it's absolutely critical that we, we all understand our differences and then we're, we're able to leverage what it is that brings us and makes us so unique to the equation. And I'll never forget, I was talking with a senior partner at a firm, and we were talking about diversity issues. They they just couldn't get a certain ethnic group to the upper echelons of the firm. And in the interview, it was just so it was so obvious that this person didn't get it. He said to me, "I don't I don't recognize difference. I treat everybody the same." And that's the true detriment right there. And you just reinforce, I love your perspective on theater. I'm going to use this going forward about, you know, I was talking with a colleague in here. Think of it this way. Your example is so vivid to me that you need to have all these different dimensions to bring a robust show or project to the ultimate level that it can be. So I I really appreciate that. You know, what I what I want to ask, what I want to ask you also is, okay, so your team is, you, we're doing some improv. Let's say you come in, you're working with my organization. There's me, or you know, there's the leader there. They're the, the next level down, all the way down to entry-level workers. And you're working with them doing improv, and you throw them a topic or something. And I could see how some fear might, be, might set in for a leader that, oh, no, I don't know how to respond to this, and I don't want to fail. And so they might self-select out. But I would say failure is a big part of leadership. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. So guess what? Here is concept number four that we also have have used (laughs) in our practice. It's called Oops to Eureka. Oops to Eureka. So um, from an obvious standpoint, it sounds like, oh, well, mistakes and things that don't go well, you learn something from, right? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. science and history are rife with examples. Um, penicillin, post-it notes. Uh, oh my goodness! Did you know that chocolate chip cookies were actually a mistake? Ruth no, I had no idea. The whole house in almost threw out the first batch. We almost didn't have chocolate chip cookies because they looked so ugly in her mind. <laughs> um, okay. But they found that they were delicious. So part of it is yes, learning from your mistakes. But here's the other thing about improv that's different is that we are always on the balls of our feet because we don't know what's going to happen next. And sometimes it's what we call a train wreck. Believe me, I was in some nights in improv where it was awful. The audience didn't laugh. We didn't connect well. We didn't do very good scenes. You know, it was not a good night, and it does not feel good to walk off stage. But the first thing we did is we would sit down with our director and get notes and talk about what happened, why didn't it do well, what did we not bring to the table, and how do we change it? And then we would just get back out there. And <laughs> Believe me, you're always a little uncertain the next night, but you get back out there and you try again. And, and I think a lot of it is how do we choose to respond to the unexpected? 
Because, you know, the unexpected can be something great, too. I remember once getting a huge client that we didn't even see coming and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. Now what do I do? Right? Because we weren't <laughs> quite ready for that. But we, we circled up. We figured out how to do it, and we ended up knocking it out of the park. It became a eureka, but in the moment, it was sort of like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And a lot of it has to do with being willing to acknowledge what's going on, don't sweep things under the rug, which which does take a lot of courage. It does. And, um, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about, and I think part of the art of what we put into this and the science is is that we have spent a lot of years making sure that we understand how to make that workshop setting, whether it be virtual, because we do a ton of work internationally now over video conference, okay. um, or wow. in person, very, very safe. You know, people right. who've never done improv, and we're using this as a catalyst for them to learn how to be a better employee or team, team member or leader, we, we want them to feel successful. So even when things don't go as well in an exercise, we talk about how great it is that we went through this in a safe place and that we can learn from this. And then the next time we do it, maybe out in the world, we're going to do really, really well. So So I think I covered a lot of ground there, but I'm really excited about that topic. So... You you really did, and it's and it aligns so nicely with many of the other concepts we've talked about on this show over the course. And growth mindset is the first one that comes to mind for me when I'm hearing you talk about get out of your comfort zone, learn from it. And what I heard you say is some people call it the after action review or whatever, but afterwards have a debrief of what went well, what did you learn, and what can we change and and try differently to make things go forward in and in try, try and experiment in different ways. And that's, that's the beauty of improv and being transparent about it. You know, a yeah. lot of my guests, you know, on my show, we've talked about facilitating difficult conversations. And, the, the, you know, it's just not very comfortable. If you ask a room of, of employees, how many of you are really good at providing feedback, meaningful, solid, objective feedback, the hands in the air are very few. Or you'll the hands will really, you know, they'll shoot up and then I'll, I'll challenge them. Oh, really? Okay, well, tell me your approach. Well, we just aren't very good at it as humans. We're just not good at giving <laughs> feedback that's, you know, developmental or really constructive. So I'm hearing or I'm thinking improv has a nice link here to facilitating those hard conversations. Well, yes. And, and we have a very strong practice in exactly that. We call it managing tough conversations. And we have a whole model based around improv into how you can walk into those situations with positivity and proactivity. And really, if you go back, it's sort of about, number one, being positive that that you can come to an agreement or an understanding together. And then number two, to sort of go back to what you brought up before, Dr. Woolsey, is, um, you you know, when you talked about the feedback, uh, I was just talking to uh, a candidate for office the other day, and she has a background as a fighter pilot. And she talked about the fact that she so appreciates when people give her real feedback. She doesn't want to hear, oh, gosh, that was great. She wants to keep getting better because from her life as a fighter pilot, every single flight they sat down, took off their stripes, you know, so there was no rank, and talked about how to stay safe and do this well. And I remember as an actor, too, there is no night that you don't walk out and, and get notes. So mm-hmm. we're used to it. We, we like it. We want it. And I, I think that in the world, we may have stopped giving substantive feedback because we are afraid of hurting people's feelings or how they'll take it. And, you know, maybe we've had a bad experience where someone felt very defensive. And so, number one, I think, is understanding that it does take courage 
to have difficult conversations and, and to kind of pat yourself on the back a little bit for having the courage. I think another thing that can really help those go well, um, my favorite thing is open-ended questions. I think they are the secret weapon of life. I mm-hmm. talk about them in our negotiation work with attorneys, for example. But what they do is they allow the other person to do the talking. If you can practice crafting and using open-ended questions, they work in so many different situations where, you know, you may think you know what's going on, but if you are quiet and allow the other person to really fully talk and keep giving them open-ended questions, you may find out a lot about the situation that you didn't know. And in addition, if you ask them to come up with solutions, you may not have to worry about having to do that yourself. I think... You know, in corporate situations, a lot of leaders walk in thinking they have to solve it all and have the answer when there's a problem in their team, but they also can allow the other people to come up with solutions as well if they're willing to be patient enough. I am a huge proponent of open-ended questions. In fact, I'm doing a workshop this next week, and one of the modules is all about interviewing skills and the power of open-ended. Unfortunately, our default is... Do you? Could you? All those closed-ended questions. And like you said, it mm-hmm. limits it limits what can be out there in terms of conversation instead of what you said with the open-ended where they end up doing all the talking. And just, yeah, it's so limiting. We default to that. Tell you what, we are at a commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation because I want to hone this in on leaders and how improv and leadership really work together. So for everyone listening out there, we'll be back. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life. And for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Becoming an authentic, fearless, fabulous speaker will get you noticed as an expert and an influencer. Be sure to join Abigail Rebecca for Present Your Power. Our program features entrepreneurs, experts, and speakers who will inspire and show you how to tap into your power, own your authentic voice, and speak your truth on stage, in video presentations, and everyday business life. Everyone has a fierce and fabulous speaker inside. It's time to own your authentic voice. Listen live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back, and today my guest is Karen Huff, and we are talking about using improv to elevate leaders and their effectiveness, especially in times when followers need to know their leader is connected to them. Now, before we get into that specific leadership dimension, I want to ask you one thing, Karen, and that is the bedrock, I believe, and I talk about this all the time on my show, I believe energy is the bedrock for what we bring into our lives. There's that positive energy that attracts positive, and there's negative that brings in negative powers. How does this translate to the work that you are doing? You know, energy is everything. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I, yeah, and and understanding when you have low energy and when you have high energy and using that effectively, even, even personally, I think is really powerful. Um, you know, I, I save writing and, and things that I need a lot of energy and focus for for the morning because I know mid-afternoon is not a great time for me. But when we think about teams and improv, again, um, th- there's so much to how a person decides to show up. And we talk a lot about this. We all have a decision every day about how we show up to whatever we're doing. And we can bring in any kind of energy. We can bring in any kind of body language. But if we start to be somewhat intentional about that and say, you know, today I I want to make a positive effect on my colleagues or I want to walk in with a body that says confidence. Maybe I'm really nervous about something that's going to happen. If you walk in with your shoulders back, and a smile, even if your stomach is turning flip-flops, people will see that and feel that you are more confident, that you're more in control, that you have good energy. Um, and, I mean, sometimes we all have bad days. It's just realizing that you do affect others. And especially for leaders, whatever you're walking in with, people are reading. Even in an organization where you may not have a title as a leader, people do watch you. And what you bring into the room is is affecting them, and they're trying to sort of figure you out every day. And body mm-hmm. language is so strong. Um, it's interesting that we may not even be conscious that we're doing this, but unconsciously we're constantly looking at other people and thinking, you know, what are they thinking? How are they feeling? How are they affecting me? We do it all the time. And the first impressions and all that stuff is another is so imperative about how we present ourselves. What I like how you started out your response was, it's all about a choice. We have a choice to make. And if I want to make this a great day, and yes, it's all about mindset so much. So I've got a, here's the big, big question for you. How can improv make executives better at their jobs and be, and here's the key word, be transformational? Well, improv makes you better at everything. That's, that's our tagline. That's what all of our it. website is, that improv makes you better at everything. It makes you a better parent. It makes you a better friend. It makes you a better leader. And what comes from it is that, number one, you're flexible. You're willing uh-huh. to adapt. A lot of people are very, very afraid of change. And I think that's why, um, you know, when a, a new publisher came, ATD, and asked me to do this third book, I had worked with wonderful Barrett Kohler on my first two books, it, it was around sort of how do we face 
transformation and disruption and change because every industry is facing disruption. And leaders have to understand that things are going to transform their work, their team, their company. If it's not changing right now, it will soon. And so transformation is sort of the way that we continue to survive and the way that we continue to be relevant. So improvisers are actually leaning into transformation. It's our job. We, we love the unexpected because the unexpected delights the audience. It surprises everyone. So, for example, we call it the third idea, and I do explore this in my third book, Go With It. And, and the idea is that improvisers don't want to do something obvious. So if you were in the audience... And, you know, you yelled out something like, telephone, the silliest thing I could do would be to start speaking on the telephone because that's so obvious. I've got to come up with something completely different, something that doesn't seem relevant but somehow links back to telephone in a surprising way. We call it the third idea. Don't go with your first idea. Don't go with your second. Go with your third. Um, It's an idea from Del Close, who was one of my mentors as I was coming up in improv and, and this amazing guru, you know, uh, rest his soul, we, we miss him every day. So this is, this is the concept that we are continually looking to adapt. We're always wanting to change a scene, change an idea, and I do feel that that's made me very unafraid of change and risk. And the more that leaders can understand that, because they're often leading people who are very, very afraid of change and risk, and being a model of how to be adaptive and how to be flexible and still be trustworthy and, and give clear direction it's a lot to it's a lot to work on, but but incredibly important. I'm everything that you're talking about is so so right. You think about the disruption and change. What you said, it's a constant, you know. And I, I, I think about yeah. I mean, the acquisitions that happen. How all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a market might shift. And what you're saying is, improvisers look at it and go, okay. And then here's idea number two. Here's my third idea. Let's try this, the unexpected. I love that. And uh, it also links to some of the research that I've done, you know, in, in working with leaders. I found one of the pillars of strong leaders is that they have, they are, get really frustrated with people who are risk adverse. In fact, become even intolerant. The, the true leaders out there are the ones who embrace it and say, we've got to take risk because without risk we won't we won't get to the next place you know um, so, we we talk about this a lot the mayo clinic years ago had this amazing award it was called the queasy eagle <laughs> the queasy eagle and at eagle? the end of every year yeah they would actually give it to teams or leaders who had made a decision and went forward with intention and energy to do the best that they could they had done their research and then it didn't go well or the project failed, or it didn't work out, because the point is that they took a risk. And mm-hmm. the clinic wanted to remind people that sometimes risks don't work out, but we applaud your ability and your courage to take it and to move forward, and next time it will work out for you, because you'll be courageous. Right. Taking risk is a huge thing, and improv is a way to open that door and say, okay, bring it on, bring it on, and lean into it. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've done work with a lot of different organizations. Give us a snapshot of what, what kinds of work you've done. Oh, my. Uh, we're so fortunate. We've done um, a lot of work. For example, the smallest amount of work we've done is an hour when we do keynotes for even thousands of people on subjects like executive presence 
negotiation, managing tough conversations. Um, obviously, as a female entrepreneur, I am very passionate about uh, gender equality and have done a ton of research. I do a lot of work in women and negotiation, women in executive presence. Um, and we also do everything up to like a year-long leadership development program. So we just wrapped a wonderful program with leaders from uh, three different continents and 12 different countries. It's a very global organization we're working with. We were with them for um, 11 months. We met once in the U.S., once in Taiwan, and once in Germany. And um, we also did a lot of virtual work over video conference. Uh, in the middle of that coaching, we did incredible assessments and coaching, and we continued to look at how do we become better leaders from a tactical and both a strategic standpoint, and how does improv inform that? So, again, I'm so lucky that our work is so wide-ranging. I have an amazing ensemble of people who support me and take this all over the world. And what we really want to look at is human behavior. So all of the work we do, again, whether it be um, around diversity and inclusion or um, there is amazing work that we've been doing for the last couple of years in unconscious bias and managing that. Again, I think improv comes into play here because... This is a new field where we have to all understand that we're all making mistakes. So how do mm-hmm. we approach it in a way that is kind, um, that is upfront, and how do we continue to change the way that we work so that we can continue to have more effective organizations and teams? And, and so we, we do research. Um, we often work with teams for, say, a couple of days at a time, and then we do virtual work around that. Um, I'll be out on the West Coast just in a couple of days with a number of folks that we started our work back in June with them. So again, it's, it's exciting, it's iterative, and often clients come to us and say, wow, you've worked with us on so many topics, and now we have this issue, can you help us? And mm-hmm. literally everything from presentation skills to uh, unconscious bias or team uh, dynamics or change management. So it's very, very exciting. It's all over the that yeah. It sounds like well, it does. Improv a, applies to really any topic, any dimension, and any organization, whether it's a community organization, a nonprofit, for profit, everything. It applies to all those different. Yeah, we we work in pharmaceutical, finance, um, healthcare, the military, um, the government. We work with uh, <laughs> I don't know. We work right. with retail. We've done a ton of work with retail. Um, we've done a lot of work in energy and with scientists, with um, many, many accounting big four firms, for example, and um, attorneys. So we work with a lot of legal organizations. And what it all comes back to, and I think that certainly as you talk about energy and transformation, Dr. Woolsey, is human behavior. And yes. improv allows people to try something they've never done before because changing human behavior is the hardest thing that we do. And let them try something different try a different concept or technique and be very effective. And just, it's little things like yes and to so many other things. I know I have been in improv workshops and have watched employees change in their confidence level. I, particularly, I, I remember I was watching some of our, if you want to deem them introverts, or the ones who don't necessarily step out and talk first, how to watch them just evolve in front of you in just a, an, an hour or a five-minute or even a, a minute activity. The, the power of it is just, you can see it as palpable. I agree. I, have, I agree, yes. 
<laughs> I agree with you too. So, you know, we, we've got about a minute. We go into break and here's another big question for you. But you've talked about gender equality and the fact that your organization is one of the top 1% of women-owned businesses in the U.S. How have you, how did you get there? What did you do? Hard work. A lot of okay. hard work. <laughs> and a, a lot answer. of, you know, as an actor too, I know that you, you don't get everything you go for. So you just get back up again and try another. And um, I think also collaborating with really great people and organizations. And we are so lucky to have such, a, we have an incredibly high rate of return customers who love working with us. So I'm very grateful for that. Wonderful. Well, we are here at a break, and when we come back, we're going to tease out and highlight what are the key messages and things for all of us to be thinking about after after the show. So for all the listeners out there, if you haven't taken the chance, you can go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, and we will come back here in just a couple of minutes. See you then. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back to the show. And today we're talking about the show topic is called Transformational Energy Leadership with an Improv Twist. And I've been 
visiting and talking with my guest. Her name is Karen Huff. And Karen, we have improv over the past hour, exploring the transformation, transformative powers of improv and what it has for leaders and team members to really build that trust. And when you think about the, the conversation, the journey we've been on over the past hour, what do you distill for us the three to four things, those points that all of us, the listeners and all of us can take and implement in our lives after this show? Oh, sure. Oh, my goodness. So hard to choose, isn't it? Yes. Um, but yes. <laughs> I, I think first and foremost is being willing to say yes and. So first of all, agreeing with someone or, or being willing to enter their world and then building on it and seeing where you go because two heads or seven heads are always better than one. And if you are willing to just let something go and, and go with it, you might be amazed at where you end up. We have so many games that show that. I think that would be first. Another one has to be around Oops Eureka because, you know, my whole life has been a big Oops Eureka. There were times when I thought uh, the worst thing in the world had happened and I didn't know what to do next, and something amazing often came out of it. Now, it may have taken some time, but I learned something. I tried something new. I got back in there, and I... I was able to keep becoming who I am. And I, I hope that everyone can keep doing that. I think that's also part of being a lifelong learner, but also willing to, to jump. You've got to be willing to jump every now and then. That's the oops, Eureka. And then I think finally I would like to have people remember the team equity piece. That if you are around and working with a lot of people who are just like you, that's great. I'm sure that it's easy to work and you like that. But actually feeling the discomfort of getting to know someone different than you, of kindly entering their world and letting them enter yours is a way that we all can expand who we are. It's a way that we can actually get better at what we do when we see the strengths of others. And we also expand our understanding of the world. So if you can create a place where you have a chance to be around very, very different types of people. It can only help you. Yes, and oops, Eureka, and team equity. Three concepts, and I love the power of threes, and it makes so, so much sense here. And I I have to also say, I'm going to take away... Two other, well, concepts that that you drew upon, and that was with the team equity piece. Thinking about a theater cast, and you have to have you have to have that diversity there. That makes it so vivid for me. And then when you were talking about the tough situations, to have that debrief with yourself, with your team, to after you accomplish a task or finish a project, to go back and really examine what that means. Because now I'm thinking about that fighter pilot. Boy, if you're you're fighting, you're flying a plane in a battle situation, you need to know what you're doing right and what's really you're screwing up because you need to get better. And that's Yeah. That is yeah. A, I mean she flew like 120 missions. Amazing. Wow. Yes, and, you've, and now that I'm thinking about it with my own work, that's why the feedback is so incredibly important. It's what what's what do I need to keep getting better at so that next time it's even more per, you know perfected fighter pilot you just really put that into perspective for me so thank you karen for that and i have to ask you for the listeners who who are out there listening and they want to get in touch with you after the show what's the best for best way for them to make that happen absolutely so you can reach us on our website www.improvedge.com improvedge.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn under Karen Huff, H-O-U-G-H, Huff like tough. 
And we are also, Improv Edge has a Facebook page, and I do tweet under at Karen Huff. So if you want to connect with me in any of those ways, I would love to hear from you. Um, I have an amazing ensemble. So again, please do visit the website, improvedge.com, and you can find all three of my books, The Improvisation Edge, Be the Best Bad Presenter Ever, and Go (laughs) With It on Amazon, in addition to the very first thing I created, which was the Yes Deck. It's 29 really cool cards with ideas of how to run icebreakers using improv games, how to do better conference calls, better meetings, anything you can imagine. So hope to hear from anybody. Do link in with me or get a hold of us on improvedge.com. Many ways to get in touch with you. And it sounds like the Yes Deck is a really easy and practical tool that they could go down and get and use it in their work. Or even I could do that. Yeah, so you can just I'm going to look. pull out a card. It has, yeah, it has the four principles of improv in there that we've been talking about today. And uh, it's, it's really easy to use. Fantastic. You know, I'm curious. I always like to ask this of my, my guests. What are you, because I know you're, you are a prolific reader. So, Karen, what are you currently reading right now? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. I always have a couple of things going. Let me go take a look at myself. Oh, you know, what I'm really enjoying is Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman. Um, mm. Such an unusual book. He is both, um, Alan Lightman is not only a, a writer and has the artistic side, he also has a scientific side. And it's somewhat fiction. He's basically writing what would happen if Einstein had been trying to figure out relativity and had thought of so many different possibilities, which he did. He, mm-hmm. he explored many different possibilities, and they are little vignettes of what a world would be like with the kind of relativity that he imagined, and it's fascinating. And that fits and ties so much, so nicely into the yes and concept that you've been talking about over the course of our conversation today. <laughs> Karen Huff, I, have, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show and really appreciate you sharing your insights about the power of improv and what it can do for all of us in our entire life, not just work, but in every other aspect of our life and is really quite powerful. So thank you for that. And for the listening audience out there, if you have a topic you want covered on the show or if you know of someone who could bring enlightenment to our conversations in the coming weeks, let me know. And you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can go to Facebook, you can go to LinkedIn, or go to this platform, voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel. So until next time, all of you out there, Harness that positive energy that you have and lead transformation. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.